when somebody goes on a run, we are able to tell them why. Not that, hey, this team is on a 12-2 run, but hey, this team is on a 12-2 run in the last minute and 52 seconds. And during this period of time for the minute and 52 seconds, the reason they're on this run is because when this guy is in the game, they're plus 12. That's Davion Ross, co-founder and COO of Shot Tracker, discussing how his company's technology is enhancing the fans' experience during NCAA basketball games. Listen up for more on how technology is affecting coaching styles and fan engagement from Davion and Dan Butterly, Senior Associate Commissioner for the Mountain West Conference. I'm Dan Kaufman, and this is the Sport Techie Podcast. This episode of the Sport Techie Podcast is brought to you by Shot Tracker. Shot Tracker is a sensor-based system that automatically captures statistical and performance analytics for an entire team in real time. Shot Tracker. Every stat, real time. Dan Butterly is the Senior Associate Commissioner for the Mountain West Conference, and Davion Ross is co-founder and COO of Shot Tracker. Gentlemen, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Pleasure to be here. Of course. So I want to I wanna jump right in uh, with Davion. Davion, you've, you've been with us before on a podcast uh, a few months ago with David Stern. You've been at our events before, Sport Techie Next. You spoke on a panel. But still, even though we know you well at Sport Techie, I want you to give the audience a quick intro to Shot Tracker for those who may not be familiar. Uh, just tell us uh, as succinctly as possible, what is Shot Tracker? Sure, yeah. Thank you for having me. Shot Tracker is a sensor-based technology that can track statistics and analytics for both basketball practice and game. I think the most important piece is with sub-second latency. That means that uh, we can deliver this to coaches, players, broadcasters, I mean, you name it, we deliver this data in, in sub-seconds to the necessary parties. We do so with a small sensor on the player, a sensor in the ball, and sensors around the rafters. And tell me a little bit more about where you guys are now. You've been operating for a little while in the space. Where? Tell me some of the, the companies, obviously, besides Dan Butterly, who we have here, but where, where are you working? Well, we, we have uh, numerous colleges that are utilizing our, our technology, from KU to Missouri, K-State, Miami, TCU, Kentucky, Illinois, Marquette, and the list goes on. So we have uh, you know, quite a few customers that are utilizing our technology. And um, we're starting to work with even more conferences and teams. So it's a, a very exciting point for us. I think one of the biggest, you know, new opportunities that we've been working with is we've been working a lot with broadcasters. So from ESPN to CBS and, you know, lastly here in the Mountain West tournament with Dan Budley and the Mountain West Conference alongside CBS. Excellent. And I know that we talked a little bit last year. Uh, we did some work with you around the Hall of Fame Classic and the junior NBA work. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, so the Hall of Fame Classic um, was just a really pivotal time for us as a company. One of the things that we did there, we partnered with the National Association of Basketball Coaches in the NCAA to actually be able to deliver this data on the bench. So what people may not know is the fact that at the collegiate level, they do not allow the transmission of data and electronics to, to the bench. Yeah, we do not, they do not allow the transmission of data via electronics to the bench. And we worked with the NCAA and the NABC to get a waiver to allow that to happen for the Hall of Fame Classic. And we think that it's a sign of, you know, what's to come in the future that, you know, coaches are able to utilize the data, you know, not just at halftime or pregame, postgame, but be able to have and utilize that data to make decisions in the game. So it's an exciting time and we're able to do some of that at Mountain West also. 
And so let, let's let's pin on that for a minute. At the Hall of Fame Classic, you got a waiver from the NCAA to actually use the data in real time during the game, not just during a stoppage, whether it was halftime or otherwise. That is 100% accurate. You know, coaches actually had iPads on the bench, and we were transmitting the data, sub-second latency, as possessions happened, you'd be able to look back and see not only the box score data, but beyond the box score. So if that possession had X number of passes or ball reversal and then being able to associate the points per possession based on those possessions, what possessions are working, optimal lineups to see what lineups are doing well during the game, and then be able to make decisions from that. So, you know, very pivotal moment for us as a company that the game of basketball at the collegiate level, and um, we're just really excited about that. That was the beginning of things to come. So, and you mentioned the Mountain West Conference, so that's a perfect segue to Dan. Dan, tell me about how the relationship with Shot Tracker began and where it began, and maybe what was the the issue you were looking at before you developed the relationship with Shot Tracker? What was the problem that you saw that you were trying to solve and that you thought Shot Tracker could solve for you? It started with conversations with Davian Ross uh, at Shot Tracker, obviously our guest here as well, in October. Uh, once we learned about the tremendous technology Shot Tracker was bringing to basketball, uh, I immediately started conversations with the NCAA on the potential of using the technology uh, during the Mountain West basketball games and initially focused on the uh, Mountain West basketball championships at the Thomas and Mack Center in Las Vegas. We're always looking for ways to improve Mountain West basketball, whether it's through scheduling, data, and analytics, or the inclusion of the latest technology uh, into our game. You know, Shot Tracker provided an opportunity for Mountain West basketball to get better, so it was really attractive what Davian and his team uh, we're working on. Also, fan engagement it is a big part of college basketball that we are uh, we at the Mountain West are focused on trying to improve. Fans have choices on whether to go to games or and attend in person or watch the games at home. And I believe most fans will tell you that Mountain West basketball is best experienced in our arenas uh, with our tremendous student sections and loud boosters, alumni and season ticket holders that cheer for our team. So anything we can do to make that in-arena experience better, that is a big goal of the Mountain West Conference. And so, Dan, you mentioned this, and, and Davion as well, you mentioned the fan engagement piece. So I think that's one part of this that I see here, and I, and I think you guys probably would agree with me, that's one piece of, of the problem that Shot Tracker is solving and doing well. And, and then the other piece is also, as Davion mentioned earlier, the ability for coaches to see the data as well and use that not necessarily for fan engagement and fan improvement directly, but for improvement of the athletes and performance. Is that the right split that we see here, that this has two applications? Oh, absolutely. On my end, you're, you're absolutely correct. I mean, not only is it a fan engagement piece, but it helps the coaches better coach. It helps the student-athletes to determine where their, their deficiencies may be, whether it's in practice or in games. I mean, there, there's so many facets that Shot Tracker brings to college basketball. I, I think it definitely attacks not only improvement uh, of teams, but also obviously that fan engagement piece. And uh, at the Mountain West Conference tournament, was was that a chance, uh, like Davion mentioned before, for to get a waiver from the NCAA to allow for in-game use by the coaches? When we first learned of, of Shot Tracker, as noted earlier, in October, we immediately contacted the NCAA and asked for a very similar waiver uh, to what they were given to the Hall of Fame Classic. Uh, and we were being told that it looked like we were going to be able to get that waiver and we continue to move, move forward with Shot Tracker on full implementation. Uh, and not only for the basketball championships, but we also had a great opportunity. Our partners at Stadium, who manage our digital uh, broadcasts of our games, and as well as Facebook, decided that they wanted to be involved as well to implement Shot Tracker at two games at Boise State. So we, were, we then became not only asking for that request or that waiver uh, to use the technology on the bench, 
for the Mount West Basketball Championships, but also for those two games at Boise State. And we found out pretty much in mid-February that uh, we were not going to get that grant, that waiver requested or granted uh, in that respect. So we continued to work with Shot Tracker. We still saw the tremendous benefits, even though the coaches couldn't use it on the bench, we still saw the tremendous benefits of using the system pregame, halftime, and postgame for, for betterment of not only our, our basketball programs, but, again, that fan engagement piece. And, and how big of a hurdle? And just to add to that, uh, and, and Daniel, just to add to that, just to make sure that we, we clarify, right, the, the waiver that we were seeking from the NCAA was literally just to allow the coaches to have the iPad on the bench. The data was able to be delivered to the broadcaster, CBS, to enhance the fan engagement on the television without any issues. So just to make sure that we're all on the same page and we clarify for the listeners, the waiver is mainly to transmit the data on the bench in real time during the game because the coaches were able to use. So Shot Tracker is approved. The waiver is strictly just for getting that data on the bench during the game. Great clarification, Davion. The NCAA has a restriction on electronic communication on the bench. So it was only on the bench, and as Davion noted, just the iPad use during the live game on the bench. But Shot Tracker could be used, as you noted, Dan, on the broadcast as well as in in the arena, in the stadium, uh, for the fans using the great Shot Tracker app, as well as by the coaches throughout the rest of the game. Got it. Well, let's put a pin on that waiver because I do want to maybe come back to that later because I'm curious, uh, you know, to the extent you can talk about it, how much of a hurdle that is, why the holdup is there. And, you know, we talk about technology being disruptive and I can see the NCAA with its concerns about having electronic communications from the bench. Um, But I I do think that's something interesting to talk about. So let's put a pin there. But I want to jump back to talk a little bit more about the benefit to the, the the broadcast and fan experience. And let's really dive in a little bit more. And, and Dan, I'll turn it over to you, uh, specifically at the Mountain West Conference. What are some of the things that the the fans who were at the stadium, for example, might have been able to experience as a result of the technologies that Shot Tracker is offering that they would not have experienced otherwise? Oh, absolutely. I mean, from, from a fan perspective at the basketball championships, we, we promoted the availability of the app uh, in arena during games. And in fact, we incorporated uh, the Shot Tracker logo into our live game feed on the video board to make those in arena aware of the availability of the app. I was actually walking around the arena during games and was showing fans the Shot Tracker app so word of mouth could spread in Thomas and Mack Center. Uh, and those that were using it were truly truly enjoyed the experience, particularly the live shot charts and individual statistics in that respect. You know, the fans were able to, as Davian said, I think Davian used the word sub-second live stats, things that you can't see on uh, a, statistics, a statistics board inside Thomas and Mack Center or pretty much in most arenas across the country, those, those statistics you were able to see live via the Shot Tracker app in the arena. Uh, whether it was a shot chart for the teams or individual player statistics, uh, you were able to, to see where the teams were, were shooting more accurately than others, what zone of the, of the court they were more accurate in shooting versus others. You just see the benefits of this from a coaching perspective and a student athletic perspective, but fans in the arena were able to, to significantly enjoy it. And, and as Davion pointed out earlier, on CBS and CBS Sportsnet as well, that broadcast a, a number of our games from the basketball championships, they were able to integrate the technology into the telecast to benefit the Mountain West broadcast and their viewers. The integration of the shot tracker technology and statistics directly into the CBS and CBS Sportsnet productions was flawless. Uh, and it, enhanced, it really enhanced the live game statistics 
on graphics that the networks were able to utilize. I mean, I went up and told Steve Lapis, who was one of the uh, analysts on the game, I said, Steve, you're, you're one of the best in the country, but this uh, shot tracker system has made you even better uh, when analyzing plays and being able to show the viewers uh, exactly what was going on during the games. We heard a lot of positive feedback from CBS and CBS Sportsnet, as well as the fans in the arena. I got to ask the question because I, I think the technology is fantastic and I enjoy that added value that I'm getting when I'm watching the game, for example, the additional data that I can see and the, the additional information that I get. Did you get any feedback uh, and have you addressed it to the folks that say, like, this is distracting? No, didn't get any, any distracting at all in, in that respect. I mean, again, I think fans were very engaged uh, with the system. And the, and the great thing about technology is that if you, you don't like something, you can always turn it off. But I didn't see anybody that I was showing the app to saying that, you know, they were all saying, this is fantastic. I, I, this is great. I wish we had this uh, in earlier games or, you know, during the regular season. You know, those, those type of comments were what we were getting. All very, very positive and not one negative comment I heard from fans when walking around the building. Davion, have you gotten that at all where people say that's, you know, that's kind of getting in the way, you know, I'm a purist, I just want to see the game itself? Well, I think that what we've heard has been, just like Dan, very encouraging. You know, I think when we started to do this back in, you know, for the Hall of Fame Classic in November, that was a great learning experience for us. And I think every game that we've done thus far, we've gotten better. And, you know, when we first started, there were things that I would say that was a little clunky back in November. And I think part of that was because, you know, some of the things, the integration wasn't as streamlined. So, for instance, for the Mountain West, we had a very streamlined integration with the graphics engine. And whereas for the Hall of Fame, you know, we had some integration with the graphics engine. So there were things that we wanted to be better that technically we didn't necessarily have time. But I think every game that we've seen thus far, whether it's the Michigan State, Ohio State game with CBS or, you know, every game within the Mountain West, we saw a very streamlined integration. So I would say for the Mountain West, we didn't hear any negative feedback about the distractions. What we heard was it was really integrated well. I think one of the big things for us was we started providing more intelligence to the commentators because, as you can imagine, it's a learning curve for them. Mm-hmm. You know, they've never had this rich amount of data to be able to talk to. Yep. So now it's a matter of what we're learning is how to provide them what, when. You know, when somebody goes on a run, we're able to tell them why. Not that, hey, this team is on a 12-2 run. But, hey, this team is on a 12-2 run in the last minute and 52 seconds. And during this period of time for the minute and 52 seconds, the reason they're on this run is because when this guy is in the game, they're plus 12. (laughs) Or, hey, they're passing the ball more. They had an average number of passes of X during this run versus Y when they weren't making the run. So now we're able to provide the commentators and the users more insight into why things are happening and not just that they happened. That's, that's the powerful piece. And I think we continue to learn and continue to get better. And um, the Mountain West was, a, was an exceptional showcase for us, Mountain West. And Dan is such a visionary that, that he's really helped us and guided us and gave us insight on and how we could be better. And we, we've, we've been able to get better every single day. Davion, you mentioned a few specific data points there. You know, you're plus 12 when this guy's on the court. Uh, I've heard you mention others, and, and I know there are others out there, but tell me some more about what, you know, the viewer might see when they're watching a broadcast that's enhanced by Shot Tracker. Absolutely. So first and foremost, I think there's some things that you would see. So for instance, Shot Charts. People think Shot Charts are so simple, right? Um, and they are simple, 
But the fact of the matter is the process to get them up and the limitation and what we get up, it's very challenging from a production perspective. So being able to say, hey, I'd like to see Dan Budley's shot chart when the team makes three or four more passes versus when they make one to two passes and have that from a comparison, those are things that you'd be able to see. Being able to know who's on the court and what percentage of points they have and their points per possession. Being able to see a breakdown of the integration of 3D graphics to help to exaggerate a point. So, for instance, there was a game that we were watching. It was the San Diego State game and the Utah State game. And what we were able to do was to pinpoint every player and who their matchups were. And there was a period of time where San Diego, their their run was determined by their defense. And what we were able to do is show the spacing between each defender and the person they were guarding and how close they were. And in the first replay, they were able to show five or six sequences pretty quickly without much effort from a production perspective of how their defense helped to change the game. And that was all triggered by Shot Tracker. Sometimes you may see trails on the board, board sorry, on the, uh, uh, on, on the player, trails on the ball. So there's a lot of information that we're providing, not only statistical, but also graphical to help really exaggerate the point and, and share to the user what we're seeing from a, from an intelligence perspective. And how did you... Well, Dan and Davion, I mean, Davion, you, you talk about that instance specifically at the San Diego State-Utah State game. I mean, those are things that you cannot get with a dry erase board and a marker yeah. that the coaches are currently able to use on the bench. I mean, think about if Brian Dutcher at San Diego State can get that kind of information uh, relayed by his assistant coaches by using this system on the bench how they can adjust their game plan in game to better attack that both offensively and defensively. Yeah, what so what did the data what did the data show during that run about what they were doing on defense? Was it that they were were closer to the offensive player more frequently? Well, so one 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 simple thing was contested shots. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was a span there where every single iteration there wasn't probably, you know, there wasn't more than 3 to 5 centimeters where these guys had open shots. Utah State came out into San Diego State, and they had a ton of open shots, and then they tightened up the defense. So, I mean, the quantity of contested shots went from almost minimal to every single shot contested, which equated to air balls, equated to just substantial defensive plays. And that's, you know, that's something that's, you know, easily identifiable within the system that you're able to, to talk about as a reason to drive that, you know, that turnaround, per se. Yeah, and so that's a good segue, I think, to, to kind of transition to this other side of things, and that's what you know coaches can can do with this data and 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 how they use it for training, and for during the game increases in in player performance. Tell me more about that, Davion, and and let's start with maybe training what they're doing on non game days uh, using Shot Tracker. Absolutely. So most of these teams utilize our technology in their practice environments in addition to the games, and in practice environments. And what we've seen at the Division One level is there's a number of there's a number of managers that are there tracking statistics. And you know so every school is different, right? So you have schools who track deflections, they track rug burns, so when guys are diving on the floor, loose balls, they track dunks. There's teams who are tracking different things. Now some of those things like deflections, etc., shot tracker doesn't automatically capture. But what we do is give them the flexibility to, if they're tracking it, now they could put it in the system and it's built on our timeline. But we do track everything from shot attempts, makes misses, uh, the full box score. We're tracking advanced analytics. So 
what's your points per possession on ball reversals, paint touches, number of passes, ball screens. I mean, you know it. You, you can name it. And, and all of these things are happening in real time. So they use that in the practice environment when players come out to, to do some extra shooting, whether that's 2 a.m. in the morning or 9 a.m. in the morning or whenever they come in, they're able to just grab a ball, bounce the ball, it wakes up. They put on their sensor, which takes about two to three seconds, and then they're getting the data. The other places where we've seen people use the data is coaches are utilizing the data to understand their optimal lineups, understand who plays well together. And then the video coordinators are actually using our data so then they can actually cut up film. So they take our data, pull it out, push it into sports code. So now, instead, I had one, uh, we were just at the Final Four, and I had one school, I won't call their name, but their dobo came up to us and they were like, I love you guys. And the reason being is before last year, we would get home from a game at midnight and coach would say, hey, I want to break down at a game and I want to understand the number of passes in every possession. And I need that for our nine o'clock coaches meeting. And now that person is working from 12 to three to five, from 12 midnight until three to 5 a.m. trying to put that together, watching all the film. With us, coach could be looking at that at halftime or on the bus going home. So those are some of the, the, the ways we help in practice. And then, of course, in games, you know, people want to get this data from games to cut it up. It just makes everybody so much more efficient. Davion, are you tracking the uh, the new uh, stat that I saw recently that, that makes James Harden so good? They're saying the deceleration speed. Well, we can track deceleration speed. I think that there's a little bit more than uh, deceleration. <laughs> He's definitely that James Harden has. I mean, that dude is, you know, he. I think he's in, in in his contract. He's negotiated an extra couple steps that don't hurt, <laughs> and then also he's just uh, he's just crafty, man. Um, amazing player. Fair enough, Dan. Tell me, have you talked with some of the coaches in the Mountain West Conference about uh, their use of Shot Tracker? I have. Yeah, the uh, the coach that I was able to see at the Final Four, as well as uh, pretty much postseason discussions I've had with them, they they really loved the Shot Tracker data that they received, the the information that they received. From the tournament, and I know Davion's coming out uh, in a couple weeks to meet with our coaches, he and John Squires, to break down what was done at the basketball championships and kind of our looking forward plan as well. But I'm, I'm interested to, to be in that meeting with our coaches, with Shot Tracker in the room, and really have them provide the details to our coaches and our coaches providing them feedback at the same time. And and for either of you guys, are you seeing kids, uh, you know, pre-college, even at a really young age, already recognizing the value in Shot Tracker, Davion? Do you have your eyes on maybe even younger than college age and getting this out to, to kids in high school and even before that? Yeah, so we have numerous high schools that are using our, our technology. Um, you know, we've had several high schools that had just incredible years using the technology. We had a, a smaller school go 31-4 and four with a 29-win game winning streak. So we're definitely seeing the value across the board. Look, if you're a basketball player and you want to get better, I mean, you can't really improve what you don't measure. And I think what we're seeing is people have embraced in this culture we're in where you see people with trainers and I mean, at every single level, people want to know how they did, right? Whether that's sports, the workforce. So for us, although our focus is division one, we have schools that are lower to division one that are utilizing the technology and loving it. And it's, it's, it's just a very exciting time for us. We're very grateful for, you know, partners like the Mountain West. I mean, Dan took a risk on us. You know, one of the biggest things that was just really exciting for us is when you put a sensor on a player, everybody wants to know, hey, did the player notice? 
And it was funny because we, we were joking about the fact that every single player that we asked if, you know, they felt the sensor, they're like, do you have a sensor? I mean, one of the things that we did was we moved the sensor from the shoe to the uniform and we placed a patch just inside the uniform that literally we put those in there three, four hours before the games. And, you know, when the kids put their jerseys on, they didn't even know that there were sensors in there because it's so small. So that was, uh, you know, Dan and I joked about that a couple of times because every time we'd ask a kid, do you feel the sensor just trying to get feedback? They're like, I didn't even know I had a sensor on, which is uh, just, just really, really powerful for us. And, helped us accomplish that, that was what we wanted to accomplish by making it so imperceptible and we're happy to say that we did that is there a difference for you davion as far as in the shoe or on the jersey does it make a difference in data collection it does not make a difference in data collection i mean it makes a difference from of course in the uniform it's more visible yep. like nobody in the arena all the, they were just curious how we were getting the data because they couldn't see the sensor so it doesn't make a difference in data collection it just really streamlines the process. So instead of having to, you know, put a sensor on somebody's shoe, you know, we could actually put those sensors in the uniform and, you know, just put it in there several hours before the game. And when people come on board, um, we're ready to go. And then you don't have to mess with shoes, et cetera. So it was really one of our big deals. And I think Dan could validate that we did this was to make sure that we were not intrusive. And I'd like to say that the whole process was streamlined and, you know, unless you knew that there were sensors in the game, you couldn't even tell, which was awesome. Great. No, Davian, absolutely. I mean, you, you did a great job working with our programs. I mean, working with our directors of basketball operations, getting those sensors put in the uniforms before, like you said, even the players arrived uh, in that respect. And, and we were joking many times that the players were just surprised that they even had a sensor in their uniform to be able to, uh, you know, do this live statistics and shot charts and things that we were doing. It was very, very well received. So I'm going to ask you guys to, to break out your crystal balls a little bit here, and we'll do some predictions. And, and um, Dan, I'll start with you. What do the next three to five years look like for, for your conference, and, and maybe what, what additional technology-based changes do you see on the horizon, both with Shot Tracker and with, with other companies? Well, I think for one, I'd love to get the Shot Tracker uh, system implemented league-wide from a, from a Mount West perspective as we continue to look to get better, uh, not only in practice, but also on the court in wins and the things that we're doing, but also, you know, fan engagement. We've got some of the best basketball venues in the country, certainly the best basketball venues out, out in the West. And to be in a, in a situation that our fans can better engage, enjoy their time in the arena even more using the Shot Tracker app, I think those are things that we're looking forward to engaging with. One big initiative on my end right now is working to get the NCAA and those that are currently making the decisions on future rules and use of technology in the game of college basketball to understand that this would benefit college basketball, not be in a situation that you know, we're not using technology because people are scared of it. As I, I joked a little earlier, our coaches are still utilizing dry erase boards for working on plays with their student-athletes. I have a daughter who's, in, who's a senior in high school now. She's utilized, she's utilized tablet technology in middle school and high school. Kids in schools do not utilize textbooks and chalkboards or dry erase boards anymore. They utilize the latest technology to learn and engage in classrooms. I mean, teachers are using iPads in schools nowadays. All sports can benefit from the use of the technology. Uh, but I believe in basketball, one sport like we can greatly enhance itself by using this shot tracker technology during live play on the bench during games. I think that's one of the things that the NCAA and the, and the sport of college basketball in the next couple of years needs to implement to not only make our game better, but much more interesting to fans as well. 
Davion, same question. What do the next three to five years look like for Shot Tracker? Well, one, we're we're excited about working with Dan at a at a league level. As I said, he's such a visionary, and we think that we can really we learn a lot from working with Dan and his organization. They've been, you know, really really exciting to work with and very helpful and help us grow. And so so that's that's definitely one of the things we also see Shot Tracker being proliferated across, you know, just college sports in general. To Dan, to echo Dan's point, I think that. You know, coaches are starting to see the benefit of being able to have this data. I think um, the data is not only going to help the streamline the experience for coaches and the level of efficiency. I mean, scouting and recruiting is going to be impacted by this technology. We also see the tech in the game. Some of the things that we do right now in practice that we could envision seeing in the game is like we're working on integrations with the video partners. So today, we're able to click a stat and bring that video to you in real time. And we believe as we go through the process and integrate and work with providing this data to coaches at halftime, we're going to be able to integrate video in there. So for us, the big thing for Shot Tracker is that we have this saying, Shot Tracker should be the gyms as Wi-Fi as the coffee shops. And we think that we're going to see that, especially in the collegiate space, over the next three to five years. And we're excited that it started, you know, at Thomas and Mac with Dan Budley in the Mountain West Conference. All right, so I put a pin in, in an item, and I want to go back to it, and that's the electronic communications from the bench during NCAA games. My my estimation, my hunch, is that that's out of concern for, for cheating. Am I right about that? What's the concern from the NCAA's perspective on that? I think one of the things that they're concerned about is somebody in the arena or somebody that's watching back at home, uh, whether it's a, a former head coach or you know somebody like that, can relay details or, or be an extra coach outside of the bench area providing details to coaching staffs on the bench area. So I think the electronic transmission rule is one that is very vague, and I think that's where the NCAA can really uh, clarify what the rule is for use of shot tracker technology on the bench to be allowed, but external communication cannot be allowed. And obviously the NCAA has some concerns relative to how do you use the technology without Wi-Fi and without texting capability and some of those type of things. So those are all things that we need to look at. Obviously, the NFL, Australian rules football, I mean, I've, I've been down to Australia and seen them use the technology. I mean, they, they all are using this technology nowadays or, or tracking technology. The NCAA needs to look at this. Uh, obviously, the NBA, other USA Basketball, FIBA, all of these entities that are going to be looking at uh, the use of technology need to allow for use of this technology. I mean, the only technology that can be used right now is, is for the health and safety of a player from a medical staff perspective that can be shared with the coaches, but no other form technology could be used during the games on the benches at this point. The other thing that I would say, um, Daniel, is the fact that, you know, the NCAA is an, is an organization of schools that have different means. And I think one of the things that, you know, I've heard via the grapevine is that they, they want to ensure a level playing field, which I could definitely respect. So, for instance, if, you know, a small school goes to KU and, you know, one school has an iPad 1, the other one has an iPad 3. So there's different level of technologies, different level of processing. So I think that's something that also they want to take into consideration. And I think part of that is not to say, you know, no technology, but to also allow us to just put some guidelines around it and to ensure that, you know, we do keep a level playing field and to make sure that advantage to the schools who have, you know, a little more, a little bit more means than others. 
So I think Dan's point is, is, is definitely top of mind, and I think that this may be a, you know, a secondary point that they're trying to take into consideration. I'm going to leave you guys with a, a segment that uh, I'm, I intend to leave all of our guests with, and, and I'm calling it Three Big Questions. And, and I think that I know the answers to these questions, at least two of them, that I think I know what you're going to say. But I'm going to ask them, and, uh, and I'm very curious. So, so the first one is, and, and I'll start with you, Dan, what sport has advanced the most over the past five years? Just the sport, not necessarily a league or anything like that, but what sport has advanced the most over the past five years as a result of technology? I think football, in my opinion, um, has probably benefited the most from technology. The NFL, obviously, their use of, of uh, iPads, or not iPads, but technology on the, uh, on the sideline is, is helping them greatly. I mean, we all tend to remember the days of photos being transmitted from upstairs uh, in the press box to downstairs on the field. I mean, it, I think football has really benefited from the use of technology, and, and other sports are, are out there as well, but that's the first one that comes to mind. Yeah, I, I have uh, I have two answers for this. I don't know if I'm allowed to, to give two answers, but I'm an entrepreneur, so we'll I only ask for forgiveness. <laughs> so the first one I think is, look, I think when you look at just technology, not in game, but like just to really move the game, I would say basketball, and I want to give some credit to the NBA because they've done a great job of leveraging technology, right? If you think about it, like the NBA and basketball in general, a global sport, but how they've ex- used technology to expand globally. And then if you look at it, like just their Instagram followers right there, you know, they're, they're almost double what their closest competitor is, right? Showing how they've embraced not just technology in the game, but also technology that's proliferated and available for us, like Instagram is a technology, streaming. So I think that they've really embraced. The other one that I choose that more in-game is, is, is soccer. Uh, and mainly because I've seen like soccer internationally, really do some amazing things in regards to, I mean, they've been using GPS systems for quite some time, right? Mainly because they do a little bit more running than most, but I definitely think soccer and specifically international soccer has really embraced technology that's really tied to the game. All right. What sport has the best opportunity to use technology to advance itself over the next five years? Davion, we'll start with you. That one is definitely basketball. There's this new company by the name of Shot Tracker that's just going to change the whole game. <laughs> Good answer. I don't know if you've heard about that. <laughs> Dan, what's your answer? I would 100% agree with Davion. I mean, basketball is, I think, behind the times in many ways, as we've talked about on this podcast, that basketball definitely has ways to improve, and I think Shot Tracker is definitely the means and mediums to help coaches, players, officiating, uh, administrators. There's so many people that this app uh, can help better the game of basketball. All right, and our third and final question. Dan, who wins the NBA Finals this year? Ooh, too much parity in the NBA and too many games you have to play, but I would look at teams with former Mountain West men's basketball players such as Andrew Bogut at Golden State, Tony Snell and Christian Wood at Milwaukee, and uh, I'll go with Kawhi Leonard at Toronto. So I would uh, tend to favor one of those three teams if I'm uh, having to choose a team today. All right, Davion. Uh, I'm going to go with GSW coming out of the West and the Bucks coming out of the East. And I think GSW may take it again. All right, you heard it here. Dan Butterly is Senior Associate Commissioner at the Mountain West Conference. Davion Ross is co-founder and COO at Shot Tracker. Gentlemen, thank you for your time.
That's it for today's episode of the Sport Techie Podcast. To stay up to date on all sports technology news and information, make sure you visit us online at sporttechie.com and subscribe to the Sport Techie newsletters. And find us on social media at Sport Techie, and I'm at Daniel P. Kaufman. And make sure you join us in person at Horizon Summit on June 6th and 7th at Levi's Stadium in Santa Clara, California for the premier sports technology and analytics conference. Register today at horizonsummit.com. I'm Dan Kaufman. Thanks for taking the time out of your day to listen.